Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Just like that, the final hour is here. Glad you're with us for Outkick 360. Putnam with Row with you. Live in Nashville, across the Outkick Network, our studio location at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in 20 minutes, Clay Travis will be with us. We'll discuss all the big headlines, where he thinks Sean Payton should go based on the options. He's got plenty of them. Better chances and upset this weekend. Jags or Giants, Clay will tell us. Plus, the Rashada free agency slash holdout in NIL and the transfer portal uh, craziness going on with college football and recruiting. We'll dive into all that and more coming up with Clay. Well, we'll start the hour. Aaron Rodgers on with Pat McAfee yesterday saying that he's mulling his future with the Packers or elsewhere. And, you know, the, the quote that's being picked up is the discussion about if he can still play at a high level and at what level does he see him playing next next season, for instance? And the answer from Rodgers was, of course, of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah, the highest. I think I can win MVP again in the right situation. In the right situation can be read in many different ways. I read this, and we played earlier this week, Chad, his final comments to the media um, after the final game, late last week, to the media after the final game he played for the Packers this past season against the Lions in a win and end, and they lost. But you could tell, it, the sense was, it seems like a guy who knows he's on his way out of Green Bay. Meanwhile, you hear him yesterday, and I think he's trying to set up a spot where he can go and perform at that level again, and he doesn't see it being with the Green Bay Packers who are going through a transition of their roster. Yeah, I, I took it only one way, and that is in the right situation being not here because we just saw what happened here. It wasn't yeah. good, and it wasn't all my fault. It was because of the situation that he was put in in, in Green Bay. And people can and take that as whining and, you know, finger-pointing and trying to put the blame on someone else where – I mean, Aaron Rodgers deserves a lot of the blame this year. He wasn't himself. It wasn't all his teammates' fault. It wasn't all – LeFleur's fault. LeFleur. It wasn't all management's fault. Aaron Rodgers deserves some of the blame for the season that the Packers just had and, and that final loss that was very disappointing in a win-and-end scenario where the Lions didn't have playoffs to play for and the Lions went to Lambeau and won. All that's – I think all those things are true. Watching that interview with McAfee, though, I immediately think this is a guy who's not done playing. He's going to play a 19th year, mm -hmm. and that 19th season will not be in Green Bay. That was my initial takeaway from, from what we saw in the interview. Now, we'll see what happens. This could be a situation where Green Bay does some things that he likes, that he wants to come back and play with the Packers, or we could be pointing to some of the same places we pointed to for Brady. Vegas, the Jets, the Dolphins. Mm -hmm. Go on down the list of possibilities where Aaron Rodgers could thrive. But also, keep in mind, too, um, he, did, he didn't do the McAfee segment last week because he was meeting with the Packers. You know, the exit interviews, but he also stuck around 
according to the reports, he didn't do it. And I think McAfee put it out there. He was meeting with the the Packers front office and and, and staff, uh, trying to determine you know how they were going to proceed. A contract sets it up where they they can move him if they want, and and Rodgers can certainly play elsewhere. Um, Vegas makes sense, doesn't it? Vegas makes a lot of sense. I, I think it, Derek I'm, Carr, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, musical chairs. Vegas, Jets, Dolphins, Tampa, Green Bay. Uh, let's put all those teams in there now because you're talking about possibly one movie. Someone on our YouTube ch- chat just asked, well, if Brady leaves, what about Tampa for Aaron Rodgers? And I'm thinking if Brady leaves – I don't think it's probably the right situation for Aaron Rodgers to want to go to, given the circumstances, right? Well, but also you're looking at the cap spots, and I know the cap can be sometimes a myth to, to many of us, including me, when I see some of the structures that go down. But Tampa's going to be in a world of hurt cap-wise with the dead cap hit that they could take if supposed they don't. supposed to be, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, they'll have the second largest dead cap hit of any, any organization to give any, a take on for any player other than Matt Ryan in Atlanta. If the contract voids on March fifteenth for for Brady, which again that's down the road, but you have to be able to structure what Rodgers is going to require versus also taking care of your own. And can Tampa be in position to do that? I don't know. Maybe you know the the Saints kick the can down the road with Breeze forever, but at the time Breeze wasn't demanding to get the highest-paid player-type money per season the way Rodgers did last year. And, you know, he also, based on his contract structure, kept some good receivers around him. Meanwhile, Devontae Adams takes off for Vegas via trade. Let's look at this from a possible destination standpoint for Brady, Rodgers, Carr. Mm -hmm. Jets or Raiders? Best situation to go win a Super Bowl next year for one of those quarterbacks? See... It could be both, but I think the best structure for Brady is actually the Jets, given the defense and the run game. I don't know about Josh Jacobs in Las Vegas. You know, he's he's also an upcoming free agent. So I, I think with Brady and where he is in his career and his age, like all of it, I, I still think he can win at a high level. He's still winning with a overall bad team compared to other playoff teams this year. Um, enough to get in the postseason. But I think I think for Brady, it's more of a structure like they have in New York versus if you put Rodgers in that offense with Waller and Adams and you start... Hunter Renfro feels to me like... I'm thinking about Brady, but that seems like the classic Patriots favorite target for Brady. It does. When you look at Hunter Renfro and his skill set. They're in a good spot, Chad, to your point. uh, The Raiders with the right guy. And I think they're ready for a vet to come in, it doesn't need to be, um, you know, either a journeyman or a draft pick. I I think both questions are interesting. Which one do you feel like you could say is winning more based on what team they go to? With the Jets and the Raiders, the other one is, if those teams had their pick, which do you prefer, Rodgers or Brady at this point in their career? I'll answer, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. At this time... But I also acknowledge Aaron Rodgers wasn't that good this past year. So maybe there could be some decline in him well, also. But it's, it's kind of what Gronk was alluding to. Gronk was on with Kay Adams. And I think the difference between the two, and I didn't even think about it when I heard it, 
But he's right. And I know he's taking up for his guy. Well, not even taking up. He's just comparing him. He said, I'm totally fine with this is Gronk. I'm totally fine with everything Rogers said except for one major part, and that's the MVP again. I think I can win another Super Bowl. Should have That would have been totally fine. Like, bro, why are you thinking MVP? You don't want Super Bowls? Super Bowls are five times greater than an MVP award. That's a great point. We all know that you won MVP a few times now, but everyone would know even more how many Super Bowls you've won than MVP. So that's why I'm just a little confused about that quote he just had. I mean, it should be Super Bowls. You should never be thinking about MVP when Super Bowls are twice better. That from Rob Gronkowski. He, he was asked also, like, are you thinking about coming out of retirement? He's like, I'm only coming out if I think I can win the championship again. We know who that's going to be with. And that's why I would lean towards Brady. But it, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. He's won MVP two of the last three years with Rodgers. I think that's really well said by Gronk. And not something that immediately jumped out to him, but he is spot on. That the first thing that comes to mind is, given the right situation, I could win MVP again. You got one Super Bowl. I yeah. would think that at this point in your career, the goal would be, I, I want a, another Super Bowl. And if that has to happen somewhere else, so be it. But I want another ring, and that's not what Aaron Rodgers said. A very astute point by Gronk when he said that. I, I agree with him. There's also, I mean, there's drama with both guys. So, I mean, you're, you're signing up to win and win now. Um, with Brady, you know it's short-term. At least I don't presume it's longer than what Rodgers is going to do. But it's I, think all, I think it's year to year with either guy. Both guy, yeah. I mean, it's not a, there's no Brady with the initial two-year commitment to Tampa. Yeah. Then he retired. Then he came out of retirement for a third year. Either guy you're signing up for, we got him this year, and then it's going to be an offseason of you don't know. Um, just running through some of the interviews that have taken place uh, or, or have been scheduled across the league, Dan Quinn um, – we haven't talked about him much this week other than the job he's done in Dallas. I've decided to stay, stay last year, and he was very selective on the interviews last season to get back in it. He's still the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys. He's interviewing with the Broncos and the Colts. Cardinals are interviewing Sean Payton, D'Amico Ryans, Brian Flores, and Frank Wright. They either have or will. And the Panthers, they have a list of interviews. The Panthers will interview Peyton later this week. They've talked with Jim Caldwell, Steve Wilkes, their interim, Ken Dorsey, Frank Reich, and D'Amico Ryans. And I believe Dorsey is about to have a second chat with them. Um, of course, the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, who took over for Brian Dayball. Chad, the, the Sean Payton aspect of this is fascinating because let's say that Sean Payton says, you know what? Carolina, for what I'm looking for, roster-wise and what I'm going to be able to do structurally, that's where I want to go. Are the Saints going to trade him in the division? I wouldn't think so. But if you're the Saints, you're getting the, the best bid you can get. I, I don't... If it was a quarterback, you're not doing it. Okay, I, with all due respect to Sean Payton, uh, it's a head coach. He's not on the field. So if you're the Saints, you can't sacrifice a great return right now because you fear your former head coach in the division. So I don't think that's a way to operate from a competitive standpoint or a business standpoint. I, I wouldn't think it would be them, but this is what gives me pause. 
when Sean Payton went on with his daughter Megan, who we've interviewed mm. at the Super Bowl before, and she was bringing up the odds of different teams, and he was saying, oh, stop it, and didn't want to go there. There's one team that he raised that wasn't on the list, and that was the Panthers. He said, well, what about Carolina? They don't have a coach right now. I found that little tidbit interesting sure. that he brought up that team specifically and said he didn't want to talk about the teams that currently had a coach, but he said, what about Carolina? Maybe people are sleeping on Carolina. And he met with Mickey Loomis prior to taking these interviews because he's got to figure out, you know, okay, what's the process like from New Orleans standpoint that own his rights to his contract for the next two years? It doesn't expire till after the 2024 season. So, you know, it's, he, he went on and with Coward and said, it's going to be, you know, they're looking for, sounds like, like a mid to late first round pick to get it done. Well, but that comes after he determines which team he wants negotiating with Mickey Loomis for that selection. And if he only comes back with Carolina, doesn't the price have to be higher? Because it's in the division. And then there are also teams that don't even have a first-round pick like Denver. Not this year and next year. Because they gave it up for Russell Wilson. So well, Denver doesn't seem... Denver would be an ideal spot. Yeah. If I'm Sean Payton from an organizational standpoint. I don't know that I want to be married to Russell Wilson. After what we saw this year. He's been very open about how he but, would correct that too, though, on Fox. Yeah. Very specific. Here's a guy I think is going to get a job, D'Amico Rines. Based on the interviews he's getting, yeah. I feel like when the, when the music stops, he's going to have a chair with one of these jobs. That, that's one guy I'd watch out for that's going to get hired. And Frank Reich, he's going to be either head coach of like Arizona or I could see him being the OC out in, I nearly said San Diego, out in Los Angeles with the Chargers. Hey, settle this for me, Hutton. I okay. had this, I was on a Cleveland radio station this morning. Okay. And they were asking me about Jim Schwartz. We love Jim Schwartz, know him, know him a little bit. Yeah. And uh, did a great job with the Titans. I was listening to one of their sports updates, and a guy said that, you know, as a part of the Doug Peterson tree, and I'm thinking, he's not on the Doug <laughs> Peterson tree. I said he's on the Bill Belichick tree. Because Belichick brought him to the Browns with Saban, with Mangini, Thomas Dimitrov. Yeah. Now, he was more of a front office guy at the time, kind right. of an assistant to the coaches. Yeah, I don't think of him like that. As a young guy. Uh, His and the, coaching background, though, came through here. Fisher. With Fisher. That, that's the response. The guy said, well, I would say he's Jeff Fisher's tree. But we don't talk often about the Jeff Fisher tree. No. So my point was, I, you know, sue me. But I took it as he was coaching hmm. college ball at the time, and it was Bill Belichick who brought him to the league. So I just put him mentally in the Bill Belichick tree. Now, everyone, so then if he's Fisher, well, Fisher's really part of the Tom Landry tree. Ditka played for Landry to Fisher. I mean, you, I know, point yeah. being, you could put people the branch. in a bunch of different branches of a different tree. But who do you automatically associate them with? Maybe I'm wrong, but I automatically associate Jim Schwartz. Maybe because we've interviewed him so much and heard so many good stories about those years when Saban was on that staff too. But I automatically associate yeah. Jim Schwartz, Brown's defensive coordinator, as a part of the Belichick tree. I do that more than I lean into Peterson in Philly. Yeah. Well, I thought the Peterson thing was dumb. I mean, that was midway through his career at that point. Uh, I mean, after a head coaching stop. Late in his career right now. I mean, he's 56, right, right. so he's still got time to keep coaching. But yeah, not the Peterson tree at all. 
Coming up, Clay Travis joins us. We'll hit a bunch of different topics and discussion points. We'll start with Rashada being the first college football holdout for NIL in recruiting. And then we'll get to Sean Payton. We'll get to this weekend's NFL matchups and more with Clay. That's next on OutKick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Glad you're with us across the OutKick network. OutKick 360 rolls on and... What are you laughing about? I mean, every now and again, Clay's going to like this. Clay Travis, founder of OutKick, is our next guest. Um, Clay, a story at OutKick right now. Oftentimes, a headline from OutKick will just make me giggle, sometimes out loud, sometimes not. Uh, This is an actual story right now. Stephen A. Smith was on a daytime talk show and gave his take on the Super Bowl halftime show saying, quote, that Rihanna ain't Beyonce. For some reason, this necessitated him putting out an apology video (laughs) the next day. Clay, your your uh, your thoughts. True? That's true. It's a story at Outkick that he had to apologize uh, for saying that Rihanna ain't Beyonce. So did he apologize in like a funny way, or was I? I mean, I haven't I haven't seen the the I'm video re- I, or I just, anything else. I just pulled up the apology. Um, Smith argued that he wasn't putting Rihanna down. By the way, this is Outkick.com right yeah, now. Yeah, he did it like on his own phone in a car service, it looks like, of some Rihanna's sort. music is fantastic. She's great. She's a sister. I love her dearly. I listen to her music. I'm going to support her until the cows come home. I'm just telling you, for me, there's Beyonce and then there's everybody else, just like there's Michael Jackson and there's everybody else. Yeah, he, and he tweeted out, apologies to, apologies to Rihanna for my words. Got to be more careful. <laughs> Exclamation point. A guy who makes his living by just dishing out hot takes has got to be careful about his words simply saying that Rihanna ain't, uh, ain't Beyonce. Well, we're Clay, real, your thoughts. Real, real quick, Clay. He goes on. I just want to quote him one more time here. I meant, I meant it as no disrespect to Rihanna. I know she's phenomenal and she's my sister. Nothing but love for her. But Beyonce is my sister, too. I want Rihanna to know you're a superstar, you're sensational, you're spectacular, (laughs) you're no joke, and you are a worthy person to be doing the Super Bowl halftime show. Um, I think it's funny. Uh, Anytime people who ordinarily don't have opinions on subjects end up getting crushed over an opinion on a subject that they wouldn't ordinarily focus on. I'll give you an example. Uh, Early in the Clay and Buck show, Buck had a really strong opinion on um, Simone Biles. Is that who it was? I can't even remember yeah. who decided not to compete in yes, the in the her. Olympics. And he got absolutely dragged online for his opinion. And he, and he was just, I mean, it's probably the opinion that he's had that he's gotten criticized for the most on uh, the Clay and Buck show. And he was just like, how in the world am I getting, you know, ripped by all these people in the world of sports for, you know, my opinion that she shouldn't have uh, pulled herself out of competition. He's like, you say the same thing and nobody even blinks. Um, And, uh, and, and I think sometimes that's, uh, that's kind of funny when you end up with people. Another one I'll give you an example of was 
I'll continue to fight this battle, but um, I've argued for years that half times in college football are too long. Um, and you know, they are 12 minutes basically in the NFL and they're 20 plus minutes in college football. And the reason why there is a difference is because the band has to come out and perform. Well, I don't care at all about seeing the band. I mean, I understand if you like to see the band, more power to you. Like you can go to a concert somewhere and watch a band perform. I have zero interest in watching the band march around on the field. I would rather the football teams get back on the field faster than have to feel like I'm being held hostage watching a band performance on the field. And uh, and the band people were furious at me. They were demanding apologies and everything else. I'm, I'm not going to apologize. You are holding me hostage when you perform at halftime, and I'm not choosing to watch your halftime performance. I came for a football game. Get the football back on the field faster. Um, and so I had angry band people in my mentions for forever about that. Clay, it's almost like someone, the way you apologize, it's almost like someone told Stephen A. Smith, dude, you had a shot with Rihanna until she saw your comments <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what, on the talk that's show. What, that, that's what I read it as. <laughs> you need yeah, to apologize. It, it sounded like, like, yeah, it sounded like he was, he was like, oh man, she was just about to say yes to you uh, <laughs> asking her out. And then she saw that you went all in on Beyonce. Uh, and that Stephen A is a single guy. If I, uh, if I remember correctly, I don't think he's ever been married. Um, you know, and, and, and the truth be told, uh, you know, if I were single and I came out and I was like, you know, Megan, Megan Fox is the most overrated actress in the history of, uh, of cinema. And then somebody was like, man, you know, Megan Fox, a big fan of yours. Like she was, she like, she was like, she was legitimately she hurt by your words and she really liked you. She kind of had yeah, a crush on like, you. Yeah, I'd be like, you know, Megan Fox always been a huge fan. I don't even know what I was thinking. I was drunk. Uh, I shouldn't have, you know, gotta, jumped into my uh, power ranking of actresses in Hollywood. Words. You just shout that out on Twitter. Megan. You're a superstar. You're well, sensational. I, I, you're spectacular. I think that kind of thing is. I think that kind of thing is super funny oh, um, when uh, when you end up in a controversy with something that has absolutely nothing to do. Uh, otherwise, like if Prince Harry suddenly came out and taking shots at me about, um, you know, my opinion of his, uh, of spare, um, that I talked about the other day, uh, I, I just think that would be, uh, that would be incredible, right? Like you're feuding with Prince <laughs> Harry over, uh, over your pins. I'm trying to think of who the most famous person is that has like taken a shot at me. Um, it used to be, you know, years ago it was Keith Olbermann, who's obviously insane, but every time <laughs> Keith Olbermann would react to me, I would just be like, you know, I woke up at, you know, 12 and 13 years old and ate, you know, cereal while I was watching him on uh, SportsCenter for years. <laughs> if you had told me when I was 12, at some point, Keith Olbermann was even going to know who I was, I would have been, there's no way that's incredible. So uh, I just kind of take it all with, uh, with a grain of salt, but I can't even think of who, um, that's a great question would be fun to think about. Like who is a public figure outside of the world of sports, right? Because somebody in sports yeah. could react to me one way or the other. Let me also um, say that, that Rihanna, to our knowledge, Rihanna has not publicly reacted at all. So this is Stephen A. Smith almost feuding with his own opinion because maybe he got back-channeled that Rihanna was mad and decided to apologize. It's not like Rihanna fired back with a tweet or anything back uh, back to him. Funny story either way. You can read about it at outkick.com. Clay, I wanted to ask you about the Jaden Rashada situation at Florida. I think we're witnessing our first public holdout in college football history based on a contract that was signed and money that he feels is owed. He's asked out now of his letter of intent to go somewhere else. What do you think about when you see this story? Well, I mean, I don't. So first of all, I don't know what promises were made. I don't know what contracts 
you know, options exist or don't exist. So I always hate trying to analyze something when you don't know what the actual dispute is, right? So I would like to read the, the agreement that he entered into with NIL. But what I think what's clear is he had expectations that Florida was not able to match and fulfill. And so he now is saying, I don't trust Florida based on this relationship. And um, I think this is one of the fears that is out there. Uh, there are so many as we come into an early part of the NIL era. But a big part of it is that you could have schools make promises about compensation that they aren't able to follow through on. And if that occurs, it becomes a huge story. Because, I mean, this, this, this is something that coaches worry about. Take it outside of NIL. If you recruit at a high school that produces a lot of D1 players and you get a player in that you don't treat fairly, that high school head coach very reliably and, and, and honestly is going to factor that in going forward when he makes suggestions to his players about what schools and coaches he, he should consider. So sometimes those relationships are not just predicated on coach and player, but also high school, high school coach. And so if you get the reputation like the University of Florida might have, that you make a lot of promises to players that you aren't able to follow up, then in an NIL era, that could be really bad. I don't think it's a holdout because we don't have necessarily a change in what somebody wants. What I think could happen and people are going to lose their mind over is at some point, a quarterback just walks in the week of the big game, right? Whoever the rival is and says, coach, you know, I'm starting and somebody else is making a lot more money than me. Unless I get a similar payment to them, then I'm not going to play in this game and, or I'm not going to play going forward. That I think is going to become more commonplace because what NIL does is sort of remove the fig leaf that you are a regular student. You are, if you're an elite level player, being paid for your performance. And, uh, and that changes the dynamics and the relationship in a substantial way. Clay Travis with us on Outkick 360. Kevin Warren's now leading the Chicago Bears, not the Big Ten. Who should the Big Ten be looking at to be the next leader of the conference that is right there with Greg Sankey and battling for supremacy across college sports? Well, I think you need to hire someone whose career goal is to be the Big Ten commissioner. And why I think that matters is Kevin Warren's, that wasn't the final step that Kevin Warren wanted to take in his career. There are a lot of people out there who would say, okay, I'm Big Ten commissioner. I'm going to have this job for the rest of my life. I think you need to find somebody like that who is uniquely committed to Big Ten and isn't looking around for other opportunities. I think also you need someone who is familiar with what the job is. You have to keep 14 college presidents happy. And oftentimes those college presidents don't really care that much about athletics because it's a big deal to us how Ohio State or Michigan do in football. If you're running Ohio State or Michigan, the football team is just a small part of the business of the larger university that you are responsible for. So you have to keep all 14 of those school presidents, many of whom may not care about athletics hardly at all, happy. And then you have to keep all of your athletic directors happy. 
And so this is as much a job of a politician as it is a job uh, as a traditional executive. So um, that would be my hiring criteria. They're fortunate in that Kevin Warren does leave, in theory, the legacy of the USC-UCLA edition. And also, they now have gotten monster television contract deals done thanks to the shepherding of Fox through, uh, through that process. Clay, if everything was equal in trade value and, and what they could trade with the Saints to land Sean Payton, and Sean Payton just had his choice, separate of what collateral is available out there, where would you go if you're Sean Payton of the available jobs in the NFL? I would go to who I thought was the best quarterback that would best fit what I want to run in my offensive system because quarterbacks matter more than head coaches. Um, They just do. If you told me right now you can have the best head coach in the league or you can have the best quarterback in the league, I don't even think that's close. It's a fun debate. How far down the quarterback rankings would you have to go to take a coach over a quarterback, right? Like I think I would take the top 10 quarterbacks in the NFL – all before I would even consider drafting a coach. And I think Belichick is a good example of that because guy looks like a genius when he's got Tom Brady, the rest of his coaching career. I think we all know he's a great coach, but the rest of his coaching career without Tom Brady is at best mediocre. Maybe you could even argue below average. Um, So if I'm John Payton, I think you have to be cognizant of the fact that even if you are a really good coach, and I think he is, that ultimately you can only be as good as the quarterback that you have uh, running your offense. And so to me, of the available jobs out there, probably Russell Wilson in the Broncos is the guy who has proven at the highest level that he can be good. Now, if you really are in love with a quarterback in this draft and you are interested in the Houston Texans or uh, you know, the Indianapolis Colts or one of these teams that you think go draft that player, uh, then I think you could also be interested in them, but it's a little bit more risky. Uh, I don't think Russell Wilson is that risky. You know, he's been excellent. You know, he's been Hall of Fame caliber before. The question with him is, can you get him back to what he's already done? The question, obviously, with younger players, uh, draftees in particular, is do they have a high ceiling, which you don't really know until you get them out on the field. Clay, uh, Jim Harbaugh doesn't strike me as a flaky guy, just from a personality standpoint, but I am having a hard time understanding what exactly he wants from a career standpoint because he's got the great record in the NFL with the 49ers. It looks like every offseason he entertains the option to go back to the NFL before deciding I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back to college. A year ago, I think it's because he didn't get the Vikings job. Now, I, I don't know why he takes his name out of the running for NFL jobs. What do you think of Jim Harbaugh and what ultimately he wants and what his career is going to look like moving forward? Well, I think he's just being super particular. Um, And he's got the luxury of having a good location right now at Michigan that doesn't seem like now they're going to consider forcing him out. He returns probably a top five team and uh, a proven quarterback, which he hasn't had for a lot of his career that could develop and get a lot better. And so I think it's going to take a truly perfect NFL situation for him to make the decision to jump. And, you know, he conducts these interviews, he goes through the process. And until he finds that opportunity, uh, he's willing to keep saying no, which probably makes him that much more desirable in NFL circles uh, to know that, 
he's not going to jump at the first opportunity. There are a lot of guys out there that are so desperate to be head coaches that the first time they get an opportunity, they say yes, because that's just such a big leap to get that opportunity. He's been an NFL head coach. He's got a great job in college. He's paid very well for it. I'm sure he doesn't want to leave college and go back to the NFL unless he feels like there's a pathway to the Super Bowl uh, in the next five years. It's the one thing he hasn't been able to achieve. And so I would expect that that would be uh, that that's why he goes through the process to see what's the relationship like, what's the roster like, the GM, what's the owner like. And until that scenario is perfect, he's not going to leave. Clay, of the two games on Saturday in the NFL, I'm, I'm curious, do you think the Jags or the Giants have a better chance of winning outright? Giants. Um, because I think you know what you're going to get out of Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to play poorly. And, uh, and if you look at, the, uh, at the, the matchup between the Giants and the Eagles, I just never find it that surprising when a divisional opponent pulls off an upset because the teams know each other well. There's nothing that is shocking about what they're trying to do. Uh, I, I think Brian Dayball has got his team playing and believing at a high level. And Jalen Hurts has never played um, a game of this magnitude in the NFL. And so he's not 100% healthy, potentially, on his shoulder. Um, and we know how good Patrick Mahomes has been essentially he's as good or better in the postseason as he was in the regular season. Nobody else uh, is, uh, is proven on the level that he is. I mean, I think Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are, uh, and I think that'll be a great game in Buffalo. Uh, but, uh, but, but I think ultimately the Giants have a better chance of pulling off the upset than the Jags do. Dallas show you enough against Tampa that they can win it all, or let's just start with winning at San Francisco against the top defense. Well, I think if you're a Dak fan, what you would look at and say, Dak Prescott, legitimately Cowboy fans can believe, is the best quarterback left in the NFC. Now, he may not play like it, but in terms of his record, uh, Brock Purdy, very early. It would not surprise anyone if he laid an egg. He's already drastically exceeded expectations. Uh, but the talent around him is great. But if he came out and threw, had a three-interception game, I don't think anybody would be surprised. Um, and then you look at Jalen Hurts, hasn't done it before. In fact, before this season, and as good as he's been this season, a lot of Eagles fans thought, okay, we'll probably end up drafting a quarterback soon. And, uh, and then you look at Daniel Jones, a lot of people wanted Daniel Jones gone uh, and done for in the Giants as the quarterback of the future at the start of this year as well, and even part of the way through the year. Um, so to me, uh, the reason you're optimistic if you are the Cowboys is because there is a legitimate argument that Dak is the best quarterback left in the NFC. And if you could choose one thing when it comes to the final four, being able to say, hey, we've got the best quarterback is, uh, to me, the most important single thing, trait that you could point to to want to see in a team to make a run to the Super Bowl. Dak is also the oldest quarterback remaining starting period uh, in the playoffs, which is crazy to think about. With all the discussion about Brady and Rodgers, do you think we've seen the youth movement enough to where the investment in those two would not be worth it for a team that's desperate for a QB? Well, I think those guys, there's an incentive structure, arguably, for them not to leave the NFC because almost all the great young quarterback talent right now is on the AFC side of the ledger. Um, you know, Mahomes is 27. Everybody is younger than him in the AFC right now. But Burrow, 
uh, Allen look like they're going to be good for a long time. We know Mahomes is. I mean, that's a hell of a trio right there. Then you toss in Justin Herbert. We'll see what happens with Lamar Jackson. Trevor Lawrence certainly made great strides this year. Uh, Russell Wilson, we just talked about him, uh, has, uh, has declined, but he's still on the ACC side of the roster as well. I mean, you start as ACC, the AFC, you start to run through. What, what can you argue? The top seven, eight best young quarterbacks are all on the AFC side of, uh, of the NFL ledger. And so that, to me, is, uh, is a challenge. But if I'm Brady or Aaron Rodgers, or frankly, if I'm Lamar Jackson and I'm interested in potentially being traded, I'd almost rather go to the NFC side where the competition is less severe. Um, we don't even know who the best our uh, best uh, signal caller is on the NFC side right now, um, and uh, and so it's a strong imbalance of power. And that doesn't even consider, you know, our guys Deshaun Watson ever going to return to their level of excellence? Kenny Pickett showed real flashes for the Steelers. I just think the, the AFC has got way better of a roster of young quarterbacks than the NFC. Clay Travis, he is the founder of Outkick, and he joins us weekly at this time. Clay, always enjoy it, man. Have a good evening. Hey, appreciate y'all. Have a good night as well. Yep. Don't go offending Rihanna, Clay. Yep. Whatever you do. No apologies. On over Twitter, music. the next 24 hours, don't Musical offend Rihanna. Taste. Don't do it. Got to watch your words carefully, as, uh, as the great Stephen A. Smith said. I think said. you're spectacular. I love you. Love your music. I think it'll be great. He, he said that he was on the Sherry Shepard, I think. It, he was... Saying something it about was, it was Rihanna, such a but he good, was comparing Rihanna to no, he was comparing Beyonce to Coldplay, which was his second favorite halftime show. That shocks me. And there was one other one. I it, it was a headline I, that made me audibly laugh that I, oh, had, to, was, I had to share on so air. good uh, that I, I was just reading it. I had to read it back. Yeah, I got about one and a half times through it to understand what was being said, but I just found it hilarious that. He felt the, that that statement necessitated him putting out an apology video the next day after saying that. It's was, great. Was Trey Lance sending a statement? I, I have no idea based on what he put on Instagram. We'll discuss it when we come back. But the director of pro personnel for San Francisco, he gets the general manager position here in Nashville for the Tennessee Titans. And last year, two years ago, the first, year, first round quarterback, Trey Lance, he is on Instagram posting a photo of Rand Carthen, and the emoji with it is interesting. We're trying to decipher this. I wish he would just tell us. This is all next on Outkick 360. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Rand Carthon is the new general manager for the Tennessee Titans. Outkick 360 rolls on across the Outkick network. Chad, a uh, couple of things. Uh, Two items. Carthon, he grew up in the Parcells football family. Of course, his father was a longtime NFL player. He 
is an outgoing personality. I think that will pair well with the way Vrabel is, both behind the scenes and in front of the mic. He right? played for Steve Spurrier at Florida. That's right, yeah. And Albert Breer says that he will challenge Vrabel, which Vrabel also challenges those around him, and it will make for a good collaboration. Well, the news, you know, after they announced that Carthon was the guy, it was being reported through Diana Rossini, Trey Lance, quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, who's on injured reserve, of course, put this out on Instagram. He's got a, a photo of Carthon and then the fingers crossed emoji. And so people are looking at this going, okay, trade? Like that, That's immediately what people are saying because the new general manager is a guy that helped scout Trey Lance, and Brock Purdy is on a roll. He's won seven in a row. The team's won 11 in a row, and they're headed to the NFC Divisional Round, hosting Dallas with a chance to go to the NFC Championship game with the seventh round and final pick of last year's NFL draft instead of the number three overall pick, Trey Lance, or third quarterback taken. Um, Chad. You say this could mean multiple things, so though, because we're old say, and we me, don't know. Yeah, let me let me clarify. Uh, this could be the age gap, too. Our, our friend in local Nashville media, Caroline Fenton, is younger than Hutton and I, and she claims that this emoji, the three hands, fingers crossed, facing out, okay. Sign is, language. means good luck. That in an emoji translation, <laughs> this says good luck. So he's just simply okay, wishing... Rand Carthon, good luck. Now, a man of my age uh -huh. sees this the way Hutton does, and I see fingers crossed in any direction of the hand. I'm doing this right now on the camera. <laughs> see my hand right here? Any direction. Fingers, fingers crossed. crossed. I have a hard time because I've broken all my fingers sometimes. <laughs> I've even crossed my fingers that way, so it looks odd. But this right here, fingers crossed, means I wish. Right? Fingers crossed this happens. So I take that as Trey Lance absolutely is posting something that is detailing his desire to go to the Titans now and have a chance to be the starting quarterback now that his guy, Rand Carthon, is no longer there. When in doubt, I just Google, right? That's my interpretation. And so and I, I Googled um, good luck emoji and then I wish emoji. Both of them come up. With fingers crossed fingers emoji, crossed. which is like an I wish or hopefully. Yeah, but there's no turned around hand that you're, you see what I'm saying? It's all yeah. the same. So take it however you want. Uh, but it's the it, this morning that was the lead story at ESPN.com. <laughs> so you said the, the good luck emojis also the fingers crossed. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it so all both. pops up the same. Yeah. So I don't know. But uh, look, this the 49ers gave up a ton of draft capital to move up and get him. And I would only ask, like, what do you really think the cost would be to now? get him out of San Francisco after two years where he's played in two games this past season, a game and a quarter, and he appeared in two games a year I ago. mean, they're, they're not going to get much at all in return. Well, I don't know why you would just trade him away for dump. nothing for nothing but just I, – I don't know why you would just dump him for nothing after what you gave him gave, – gave up to get him. So, at worst, he's a backup that you have a chance to play due to injury. Because guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo, in the contract renegotiation when he came back, has it in there that they can't tag him, they can't trade him this past season. He's a free agent guarantee. So 
you know, unless you're bringing in Tom Brady and that's part of the solution, I don't know why you're just passing off his contract, a very affordable rookie contract compared to vets, especially when you've got Brock Purdy getting paid like 700 grand this season um, to just pennies on the dollar. I think you're only to Tennessee. you're only getting rid of him for dirt cheap if deep down you really feel and you know that he's just not the guy and never going to be the guy. So to your point, if they trade him for virtually nothing for scraps yeah. of draft picks or whatever, that is the admission from the 49ers who have had him for two years that this guy is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. Because if he has any potential, if he has any of the potential they saw in him to trade up to draft him where they did, right? if any of that potential exists, they're going to hold on to him with an advantageous contract or demand more for him in return. But if that's not the case, then you sell him for cheap parts and you move forward with Brock Purdy. Yeah, and I'm just spitballing, but just based on the connection of the story, which is not confirmed whatsoever, right? People are just reading into a, uh, a, an Instagram story. Do I like Trey Lance? Not really, based on what I've seen at the NFL level. Do I like him more than Malik Willis? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, do I think he's like the franchise quarterback that's a no-brainer? The, the fact that uh, what we've seen Brock Purdy do tells me that they found that quality in quarterbacks. There are we, worse <laughs> options out there for a team like the Titans no doubt. moving forward. No doubt. And the uh, youth I absolutely agree. With a guy who would know him well in Carthon, okay, you know, and you can do something different, especially if you're going Carthons after. Scott. Especially if you're going after Eric Bieniemy as your offensive coordinator, right? I, I, all of these things can piece together. The one thing we don't know, fingers crossed. Does it mean good luck or I wish? Maybe we'll have the answer tomorrow on Outkick 360.